War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401 439-6028 439-6028 Yankee Tree Service YankeeTreeService.com What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming Experts based right in Lincoln Tree removal since 2006 and also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today 439-6028 439-6028 Whether it's tree removal stump grinding, tree pruning emergency service bucket truck at service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down at yankee tree service their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best the treatment plan for your tree and maybe it's an emergency service did something come down call them today 439-6028 439-6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com you're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. It's Thursday. Uh, check DePietro.com. We were in North Smithfield last night. Search for a man that left his home in the afternoon. Went for a walk. Not found incredible resources. I want to praise all the first responders that were up there. We have the video up on the website, DePietro.com. The search for the missing man in North Smithfield. You had Smithfield, North Smithfield, Woonsocket, Central Falls, North Providence, uh, canines, drones, all the volunteers that came out. Now, I believe we're hearing that they have located the individual. But we're going to, it's a developing story. We'll have more as the uh, program continues. But... I can't say enough good things about the first responders and how they responded and reacted last night. Now, folks, closer to home, and we mentioned it, talked about it yesterday, that Providence police officer, John Lugo, he was found not guilty. It is, I find, disturbing the way the media, to me, they really wanted him to be found guilty. I don't care what anyone says, the way they framed the whole thing. He was acquitted. The judge basically said, hey, listen, he was a member of law enforcement. He went in. He was trying to defuse the situation. There was chaos. The way it was portrayed to me in the media was that basically Lugo just went up and hit, um, slapped his political opponent, this woman, Jennifer Rourke. That's clearly not what happened. Now, there's going to be fallout from this, and he's not out of the woods yet because the Providence Police based on the video that was put out, the slow motion video that was doctored, that didn't have any context to it. That was, I want to be really clear. That was my, my um, criticism of it was you didn't have any context of what was happening before, what led to that. Um, it, all you saw was the slow motion slap of Jennifer Rourke. And then, you know, we learned he was there, um, I, I know for a fact, I'm sure he'd wish he wasn't there, but he was there. A fight broke out. He went to try to defuse the fight. Someone was pulling on his back. It was Jennifer Rourke, who, by the way, by all accounts, uh, that's not, she was not consistent with what her initial statements were and then apparently what came out in court. What came out in court was she was, in fact, pulling on him from behind um, what what she initially, I believe, said was she didn't know who he was and never touched him or something to that accord. So anyhow, so he goes to break up the fight, and then suddenly someone's pulling on him from behind, turns around, slaps her to get him off him, and then proceeds forward in the middle of a melee. Again, there was there was a big police presence there, and I I I mean I just believe 
that if Officer Lugo had to do it all over again, he would have taken a pass. There's a thing you say, just be a good witness. Could have gotten out his phone and just filmed what he saw, not got himself involved. There were a lot of state police there. I, I'm going to be curious to see this Jennifer Rourke. I, I think now that his case is decided, I, I think you're going to see a, a, a flurry of lawsuits against him, against Providence Police, against the state of Rhode Island, against the state house security, that she goes to uh, handle and do be part of this protest, this rally, and and then suddenly she, she was struck. But, you know, again, I don't know where that's going to come out. I don't know where that's going to come out. I will say she, she was very vocal going after someone and was telling someone to leave, and then that led to a confrontation. Uh, that was the night. I was there. I heard some of the speakers. I had heard enough. I wanted to get out of there, and then it was just by sheer coincidence. I, I literally left five minutes before all hell broke loose. So after maybe it was 10 minutes, but in, in the aftermath, I was then mad that we had left. But anyhow, that's what happened with Officer Lugo. So folks, you know, now I also want to just mention, and again, good uh, good morning on this Thursday, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. So, you know, President Trump made his announcement. It's, I, I think something that can't be ignored is the amount of coverage uh, and lack of coverage, I should say. He's just, he's not... He's not getting the type of coverage that he used to get in the in the past. And I I am hearing that um that the man they were looking for is responsive, shallow breathing being taken to a hospital. So um he was found right nearby. So they have located him, as I said, and there was certainly a question of just where this was gonna go. So, uh, but they now, in fact, have located him. And I, I want to, once again, um, incredible work by the first responders in, uh, in North Smithfield. And he, it is, it is, um, if you saw some of the footage, you have to see it. So, but they, they have located him and he's alive. So as of right now, um, I, I don't, we, we're going to wait as this, as I said, folks, the story out of North Smithfield is fast, uh, developing. So, but I want to come back to, so where, where do we go now? Um, I, I don't, I, I'm already hearing of someone that may be running in that they're already talking about maybe running for office against Senator Sheldon Whitehouse in, in 2024. And I, I'm not sure what to make of that other than uh, it, it's one thing, you know, someone's going to be running for him. But it, a Republican running at this point, I, I, that, that to me, it's, yeah, they're going to run and lose unless the voting is brought under control. This is a fool's errand. Now, also, I'm seeing there was a bank robbery, they're saying right now, granted, uh, in the vineyard, Edgartown. Rockland Trust, firearm displayed, armed robbery, three suspects. Local schools are sheltering in place as a precaution. So, folks, it, we are just still in this, to me, this dangerous time right now of, um, it, it, it's really remarkable. We're in this, this dangerous time that people are just, they're not, I don't know, people, maybe you're finding the same thing. People are just off. They're just not... Right, you see these weird crimes, uh, some of the driving, the road rage, really, really amazing. Now, this report, a report of a bank robbery on Martha's Vineyard employees were tied up and one of their personal vehicles was stolen. This is like out of the town, for crying out loud. So, so you have that going on. Now, I also want to mention that the Republican Party has, in fact, recaptured Congress and Seth Magaziner has said that uh, vote for me to stop Kevin McCarthy from being speaker. As of right now, in Congress, the House of Representatives, Republicans are 218, Democrats 210. They have the majority. I think they even still have a couple more seats to go. This is certainly not, they thought they'd be in the vicinity of 225. 
maybe 230, maybe even, I think at one point they thought 240. But Kevin McCarthy is the speaker. So Seth Magaziner. Now, if Fung, if they had made Fung the winner, which by all accounts in my mind, he, he didn't lose that race. He won primary day. Magazine was 14,000 mail ballots. Um, I, I, I have a real problem with how the ballot harvesting that goes on in how Rhode Island right now is an outlier for how we do elections. But that would have been 219. It would have been 219. But Seth Magazine, vote for me, stop Kevin McCarthy from being speaker. Well, that, that, that's the first of many lies. Seth Magazine told a lot of lies on the campaign trail. And that is just the first of many. Now, folks, again, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. So Republicans win slim House majority. I don't know what this does for Kevin McCarthy, because you do have that Freedom Caucus. Matt Gates, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, they're, they're tough. They're going to be tough to deal with. And then, of course, all eyes are on uh, Nancy Pelosi, as she's supposedly going to announce what she's going to do. Now, there's, there's mixed reaction. Some people are excited about the President Trump announcement. Um, the, some members of the media are mocking it. Make Mars great again. <laughs> Criminal probes, uh, pro, probes will proceed. Will he campaign from jail? Uh, Mike Pompeo, uh, Pompeo, who was the director of the CIA, he says we need a leader who doesn't claim victimhood. How about Mike Pence yesterday saying, saying Trump is yesterday? Now, in the Boston Globe, they have these text messages from the DeSantis people about that uh, go along too with what was going on with the whole business of flying the uh, the migrants to the vineyard so you know that that is one of those things that right now in republican circles he's not being credit uh, criticized for excuse me but i don't know about that on a national race that's one of those stories most people you talk to thought it was great thought it was fitting they immediately, what they do? They freaked out. They got them off the island. I'm not, I, that, that, I, I'm, if he becomes the nominee, if he becomes the nominee, they, they certainly are going to attack him on that. And they'll, they'll exaggerate it. Most people, I think, were applauding uh, Governor DeSantis for doing that and highlighting how Okay, you know, you want to talk about life on the border? This is what it would be like if you lived on the border. How do you like... That was 50 people turned the island upside down. How about 1,000 a day, right? How about suddenly, you know, it's thousands per week that are arriving. So huge, huge uh, difference between that. So I believe um, that that is going to uh, shake out. That is going to shake out, and we're, we're still going to have to uh, wait and see. We've got a long way to go on that. I don't think you're really going to see anyone announce. I don't believe until maybe into the new year. That would be my guess. So a lot of questions about this North Smithfield thing. I don't know how the crews wouldn't have found this guy last night. I'm not sure what to make of that. I know they're new in the, um, in the area. Um, as I said earlier, he has been found. He is conscious, being evaluated by rescue crews. Whole story is a little bizarre. Um, I don't know how they didn't find him last night. I'm not sure what to make of that. We'll, I'm sure we'll get more details as we're coming along. A lot of people are talking about that Valley Breeze Fossa story that hit yesterday regarding his um, complete vitriol for Governor McKee. And, and I also, it shouldn't be lost on people, that that takes the shine off a little bit of this Democrats for Ashley. Um, it seemed to be maybe a little less Democrats for Ashley and some Democrats that were upset with Governor McKee. I'll, I'll um, I'm not sure what, you know, I've had a couple of people ask me about that. Folks, I, again, I don't know where she goes from here. I, I, I don't know the whole thing. I think at some point we'll learn a little bit more about it. It was, and it was an unusual campaign. She definitely got the protest vote. Ashley Kalis got the vote of people that do not like, without question, Governor McKee, or just even a, whether it's a protest vote or an anti whatever. I don't. I also, I really question the amount of mail ballots Governor McKee got and just what his overall percentage was, and it got real personal, obviously with with the two of them so but in hindsight she 
if you look at that campaign as someone that was covering it daily, she never attacked anyone outside of Dan McKee. She blamed Dan McKee for everything. And as much as he said, he called her a seagull manager, comes in and just craps over everything. The only person that she ever criticized was Dan McKee. She left, I, and I, as I had said, I she left a lot of the table. There was more of a theme she could have gone after. Uh, the one person that would not escape her criticism was him. She didn't, I mean, she did, she'd mention special interests, but she wouldn't name names. She'd mention, I don't even think she'd say organized labor. I think she would just say special interests. Um, the whole thing, people are still trying to figure out what was what was really going on there with the, the amount of money that was spent. Um, I And I don't have any answer to that. I, I think there may be an answer coming forward. She had the bus. She had the look of a candidate. She had the look of a campaign. I I think we still want to wait and see how that... I don't know. I, I know people are speculating that it, it's really about she was actually doing a documentary on a woman that comes into a state and runs for governor. Possible. It's possible. That would explain the the money spent because you're really not spending it on the campaign. You're it's part of it, but you're really spending it as part of this project that would then turn into multi-episodes. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I'd be shocked by that. I never, I, ne I, didn't, I didn't hear then, I never saw that if she had actually won, who was going to be part of the governing, who was actually going to be part of the administration. A lot of those things a lot of times start to take shape. So it looks like there's a resolution in North Smithfield. Folks, a lot more ahead. We're going to talk with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's getting cold already this winter. Keep your family, your employees warm with Matthews Oil Company. Call them today, 401-942-7500. Matthews Oil Company, 24-hour emergency service. For over four generations, they make it easy to keep your home comfortable and safe trusted oil delivery call matthews oil company today 401-942-7500 you can find them online matthewsoil.com matthews oil premier dealer rhode island delivering the highest quality heating fuels at matthews oil they take pride providing reliable affordable service for you and your family celebrating 90 years of service call them now it's going to be a cold winter get that tank filled Call Matthews Oil Company today, 401-942-7500. In an emergency, they offer 24-hour emergency service. Matthews Oil Company, 401-942-7500. Folks, you are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 13, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. It's time for our legal segment. Joining us right now, he is our legal expert, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. It is attorney Tim Dodd. And Tim, let's start off. The big news that was last June, uh, they had a big uh, abortion protest at the State House because of the Supreme Court. And then that night, there was some kind of an altercation between an uh, officer, John Lugo of Providence, who then got into some kind of an altercation with, it turned out, someone that he was then actually running against, Jennifer Rourke. Uh, Lugo was charged. It was a huge explosive story because a video that captured what happened. Uh, Lugo was charged with simple assault. And we've talked about the case, Tim Dodd. You've mentioned his attorney, Dan Griffin, is a good attorney. And this is, uh, to me, an interesting story, turn of fate, regarding how people are surprised that Gene Lugo was, not a, was, was acquitted in this case of simple assault. Yes. We, he had a great lawyer. Dan Griffin's a good guy, very good lawyer. Um, for many of us, this was not a surprise. This was the correct result based upon the evidence. Um, this case was tried in front of Judge Houlihan, who's an excellent jurist. Like many cases we've talked about over time, John, the first video and the first report that the media runs with is frequently not the real story and not the accurate story. And right. this is another in a long line of cases where selective video is put forth, it gets a reaction. 
Um, it gets this guy arrested. Uh, it changes the trajectory of his political career. It changes the trajectory of his uh, career on the um, Providence Police Department. And at the end of the day, the judge found um, Lugo to be not guilty uh, based upon the evidence that was put in. And one of the most compelling pieces of evidence was, number one, Lugo's own testimony where he described what he was doing and why as an off-duty police officer. And defense brought in an, es um, an expert, police expert, on the appropriate use of force when you're off-duty and when you're in a situation such as Lugo found himself. And I think the court uh, gave the expert testimony uh, a lot of weight. From what I understand, the complaining victim um, had a few discrepancies in her testimony. I think her story changed somewhat on the stand. Um, but it was not a surprising outcome. What surprised me early on, John, was uh, the Providence Police Department, who I have high respect for, immediately came out saying that Lugo should be terminated. And I was yep. always like, what? what? What are you rushing to judgment for? Especially when the entire video came out and gave you the full context of what happened and not that slow motion snippet, which was really put out there not to inform the public, but to really deceive the public as to what was yes. really happening. Um, I think that the alleged victim here could have equally been charged with assaulting Lugo. Now, that didn't happen for whatever reason. Was it because of what folks saw on the video? Was it because of political considerations? Who knows? But I think she could have equally been charged with assaulting Lugo. Um, it's astonishing to me that after um, the judge uh, rendered his decision, I think Providence is still taking the position they want to move forward to terminate Lugo, which makes entirely no sense. The guy was found not guilty. Um, before anything further can happen, I'm not sure they'll put him back on the job. He's um, right now on leave with pay. He's entitled to a policeman bill of rights hearing. Um, if that hearing would go forward, I am sure he would be vindicated there too. So uh, I'm not sure what Providence Police Department and the brass there is thinking, but this guy's been vindicated. He's been found not guilty. And any serious look at that video would corroborate what the judge ultimately found, that there was really not a crime here. What he was doing was appropriate attempts to um, diffuse a volatile situation and he was attempting to assist another individual who appeared to be um, being assaulted at the same time. Tim Dodd, how long will this process be where now they're still, according to Providence Police, they're still moving forward to try to terminate him? Well, I, I don't think they'll be successful. Um, I'm not sure if that pronouncement is um, for political purposes. Certainly, there's a amount of anger with this verdict. Uh, if you look at certain news sources, there's a very long diatribe from um, spokespersons for Black Lives Matter That's saying right. that this is a terrible miscarriage of justice, this is an outrage, and other similar um, adjectives to describe what they think happened here. And from a political standpoint, you can be upset. But if you look at the facts, if you look at the evidence, if you listen to the testimony of the witnesses, um, I believe that the judge absolutely made the right decision finding Lugo to be not guilty. Now, I'm sure if Providence said, well, the guy will be back on the job tomorrow, no harm, no foul, um, there'd be a lot of community um, outcry. So. Maybe they're saying they want to terminate him just to get through this news cycle, but I can't imagine they're actually going to pursue termination as a remedy here. It makes no sense. Folks, to speak with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd, 
Now, Tim, what about uh, Jennifer Rourke? She was running for office. <clears throat> I've heard from people secondhand that she claims that she was really unable to campaign because she's in pain because of what happened. Now, he's out of the woods as far as the simple assault, but could someone like Jennifer Rourke, could she still go after either him or the city for what she claims are her you know, injuries and damages? Oh, sure. She has a perfect right to pursue a civil lawsuit for um, her personal injury, which would include pain and suffering, economic losses, etc. Now, a civil case is looked at with a much different lens, as we know. Criminal yep. cases, they've got to prove that Lugo committed a crime by proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Um, a civil standard is a much lower standard, but he will still have his um, available defense, that being self-defense, because the judge even commented that it could be seen that she was trying to hold Lugo back from trying to assist a different guy who was being apparently assaulted. So he has a good self-defense argument, and you know, in a civil courtroom, you know, they can, she can be painted as the aggressor, and if she's responsible for the injuries that befell her because of her conduct, then she would not get a money damage award. Um, will she pursue it? I would expect that she will pursue a personal injury claim against Lugo and the department. And um, unless there is a settlement, were that to go to trial, I think she would lose. And, and Tim, finally, would, would she potentially go after, you know, what happened at the state house? I'm just talking, I mean, you can, anyone can do whatever they want, but is this a situation someone could could go after the state, could go after the city, could go after the police department, blah, blah, like, it's not maybe at the end of the day, not just him. Well, I guess she could, you, you raise a good point that she could potentially argue that in the face of what was known to be a large and potentially volatile um, um, protest abortion rally. protest yes. rally, yes, that there should have been more available security, a better police presence. Um, certainly that argument could be made. It's a tough one to make because outbreaks of violence are somewhat unpredictable. Um, what is the sufficient number of people? How could they have known the size of the crowd that was going to show up? Right. Um, there's a number of intangibles, but anyone can sue anyone for anything. It's easy to sure. file a complaint. It's very yeah. hard to prove the allegations. Uh, I think should have a hard time with that type of litigation as well. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePietro Show. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care. Urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in ambulatory medicine, diagnostic treatment service, AtMed Urgent Care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals. They're a cost-efficient healthcare alternative to hospital-based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions you someone in your family suffering from covid you want to go straight to atmed urgent care two locations johnston 1524 atwood avenue suite 122 or east greenwich 5750 post road online at atmedurgentcare.net folks you're listening to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm we continue with our legal expert it's attorney tim dodd Tim, next, this uh, this story that both Channel 10, Providence Journal being reported, where this uh, former trooper is bringing charges against, they're going back 10 years, trying to make allegations that, that there was a phone call and that a duty 
somehow covered up that he was involved with possibly killing somebody outside of a, a dive bar in East Greenwich. What, what is, what is the, the legal element of this? It, it's a very unusual story. It's a very unusual story. Um, the cop, the, the players are Mike Casey, who uh, is now retired, but he does have a pending whistleblower case against the state police um, for conduct that he was subjected to while he was on the state police force. Uh, your listeners will recall that Casey was the guy who was supposed to be vetting potential uh, state trooper candidates, one being the son of Trooper Demers, and Casey wouldn't sign off on the young Demers' fitness to become a trooper for any number of different reasons. Casey was subjected to severe pressure from the command staff to look the other way and pass the guy through. Casey wouldn't do it, and he allegedly was subject to a lot of retribution, which is what his current lawsuit's all about. While he was still a trooper, he apparently gets a call from another um, higher up, I think it was a major, Tim Sanzi, who relays to uh, Casey on a recorded line that he had received, Sanzi had received a call from his friend, and I think he was a major, Joe Philbin, who's also yep. now retired. Philbin yes. says to Sanzi, you know, I was at a bar and, you know, I don't know, but I think I might have killed a guy. Goes on to say that somehow he punched a guy and the, basically cold cocked him. The guy goes down, hits his head on a curbing, splits his head open. And if we fast forward two days later, the, the man dies of his injuries. Now, Philbin is talking to Sansi, saying, you, you got to keep this under your hat. I just had to tell somebody. Nothing further is ever said by anyone. Now, this is a potential admission back about 10 years ago, maybe 11 years ago, of a potential crime. Not right. murder, but potentially manslaughter, um, potentially involuntary manslaughter. Nothing is done. Now, Philbin allegedly then also follows up with um, an officer in East Greenwich who would have been, I guess, the investigating officer who said, don't worry, nothing's going to happen. And it gets swept under the rug, apparently, in East Greenwich. So East Greenwich learns of this, but because Philbin, this is all allegations, was connected and tight with all of these different cops, East Greenwich looks the other way, and the state police look the other way. Now this is all coming to light. Sansi's retired, Philbin's retired, Casey's retired. Um, the officer in East Greenwich is now coincidentally the chief of police in East Greenwich. So, you know, it's a tight little network of cops. Now, is there still time for Philbin to be charged criminally? I don't think that, I know when Sansi was reporting his decade-old conversation to um, Mike Casey, um, the suggestion was that the statute of limitations had run for whatever criminal conduct might be actionable. But I think at the very least, John, this deserves a further investigation. Now, yeah. the state police, they can't investigate this. I don't think the attorney general's office can investigate it. I think you've got to bring in some entity, individual, or police organization from outside of Rhode Island to look into this. Apparently, recently, Philbin was um, contacted by a news organization where he said this is all well, he, he said the words, but he said this is all BS and that the state police had investigated it and it was found that there was nothing there. Well, I'm not sure that's true, that the state right. police investigated it and there's nothing there, or if that's just something that Philbin said to satisfy a reporter, and hopefully that would diffuse the story. Um, if this type of cover-up Assuming all these facts to be true, and assuming that all of these conversations actually occurred, 
by the way, Philbin denies that it ever occurred. He says, I don't know what Sansi's talking about. But if this is true, and it sounds plausible, then this deserves an outside investigation because if the cops are covering up for each other in the manner this story would suggest, um, there's a lot of investigation that needs to occur and a lot of policies that need to change. I mean, it's nice when the cops are going after criminals, but it's a different story when they're covering up for their own for what could be potentially serious, you know, felonious conduct. And Tim Dodd, there's no statute of limitations with manslaughter. I don't believe there is because manslaughter okay. would be a lesser included offense of murder. For murder, there's no statute of limitations. Sure. Um, I, I think it would be a difficult case to prove at this point. Um, there's, I believe that they, this East Greenwich police talked to a couple of patrons at this bar who seemed to dummy up and not know anything. The bartender oh. dummied up and said, I don't know anything about this. Later recanted and gave more information. But again, nothing was ever done criminally. Um, and to the extent it would have been possible for the decedent's family to bring civil a civil action against um, Philbin for wrongful death, you know, that statute might be blown on that too. So wow. th th this delay, which has been caused by, if it's all true, by a police cover-up, you know, not only uh, besmirches the police involved in their department, but think of what this family has gone through. The family yeah. of the guy that died, they've been begging and hounding East Greenwich for answers for years and getting stonewalled. And now oh. it's all coming out. And I'm sure many of their suspicions are now being fully realized. It's it's a terrible story. Folks, we're speaking with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, what about we've seen an increase in uh, anti-Semitism? There's a situation in Providence. Somebody left a note over near Brown and RISD. And then we had the situation in Warwick. Now, as much as uh, some groups are saying, you know, these should be treated as hate crimes, it, it's it's my understanding that, and, I, and you tell us, but I, it's my understanding that first a crime has to be committed before it can be dubbed a hate crime. And so far, if someone's just distributing these things or writing something and leaving a note, um, it's, it's obviously offensive, it's inappropriate, but I, I, you tell us, I, I'm, I'm not sure uh, convinced it rises to the level of what they would consider, quote, a hate crime. Yes, the, we don't have a specific statute saying this is a hate crime if you use this type of language or these types of words. The hate crime legislation we have in Rhode Island provides for a penalty enhancement if a judge at trial finds that the conduct of the defendant squares with the provisions of the statute relating to what constitutes a hate crime. The most recent case your listeners will likely remember is I believe it was in Barrington where the two neighbors were fighting about a driveway or a, a line of yes. shrub. Yes. Yeah. And <clears throat> I think one of the um yeah use the N word participants yes. was I think of um Indian or South yes. Asian ancestry and the neighbor I think was a doctor or a dentist who dentist. used yep. the N word and that case involved an assault, but it was also a question of whether the conduct ro rose to the level of a hate crime based upon the language used and a specific animus towards a specific group, such as, you know, based on religion or national origin or sexual orientation. There's any number of things that can trigger a hate crime enhancement. Um, so without something more, just having these leaflets out there, you may not ring the bell for a hate crime, but if they can identify who was distributing these things, charge them with something like, I don't know, uh, disorderly conduct, and have a trial and see if there's anything more, maybe they have colleagues in this um, enterprise of 
sending out this, you know, despicable literature or that the defendant might have spoken to others, you know, expressing their hatred towards a specific group based upon national origin, religion, sexual orientation, any of those categories to show that there was an animus that squares with the hate crime enhancement. So it's not there yet. Um, you know, and I think the, the group of folks who are upset because the material was anti-Semitic, um, there's a pro, I think it's a pro-Israel group saying this should be charged as a hate crime right now. It's a little premature. Uh, if the investigation further identifies the defendant and their motive, it could certainly turn into that type of charge with a hate crime enhancement. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209 in Massachusetts. You can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane Heating and Cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus, and remember with Propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401 401- 885-4209 in Massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 folks we speak with our legal expert attorney Tim Dodd Tim three quick topics starting with you know there's been this battle as we've talked about in Narragansett with the URI students they try to limit how many people can actually rent a home in Narragansett. And it looks like the judge has uh, once again struck this down. Yes. Uh, the statute that was struck down, uh, which would affect Narragansett, is virtually the same statute which um, exists in the city of Providence. And the Providence version of this type of limiting ordinance on the number of students who can live in the same house or same apartment um, was determined to be lawful um, but in Providence Superior Court and on review by our Supreme Court. So it's interesting that the version that was adopted by the Narragansett Town Council got rejected by the court but not on the substance of what's in the uh, statute. It was more of a process issue that caused the judge, I believe, to reject the statute that was proposed for Narragansett. The statute before it could be adopted by the council, my understanding is, should have been presented to the planning co uh, committee or planning commission, I should say, there was basically an administrative step which Narragansett skipped over, and that made the enacted um, ordinance uh, defective because it didn't go through the appropriate steps. It should go through steps one, two, and three, let's say, and the town council went from step one to step three. They omitted step two, so the judge said you didn't do this properly. So... Narragansett could start over, introduce the same statute again, or ordinance, I should say, and if it went through the appropriate vetting process, it would likely be determined to be constitutional if they did it the right way. Um, I, I certainly don't agree that the ordinance is a good idea for a number of reasons. I, I don't understand why, I mean, I do understand there's a unique um, status as students who are there temporarily, let's say for two or three or four years living together um, is a bit different, but what's the difference between three students versus three nuns living in the right. same house or apartment? It makes sure. no sense from a constitutional standpoint. Um, 
but I would expect that Narragansett will come back with this again. I mean, they've got a different town council that just got elected. They may have less of an appetite to pursue this. Only time will tell. Tim Dodd, for, uh, for quite some time, we've been hearing about the situation in Georgia, looking into the 2020 election. And um, boy, Rudy Giuliani, was his name was tossed around. and He's definitely in trouble. And what are we to make of the fact that Boy, after all of that, it would seem that he's going to walk away from this with no charges against him. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's unfortunate that the uh, Department of Justice um, has made a big splash of um, arresting and going after some of President Trump's associates in a very high profile and embarrassing manner. Um Rudy, I think, had his home raided, his office raided. Um, a number of his uh, cell phones, smartphones, and other devices were confiscated and gone through. My understanding is that there'll be no charges coming um, for criminal charges coming Rudy's way, but. It's more about his alleged involvement um, with the um, country of Ukraine, where he did a lot of work. And there was a speculation that he should have been registered with our government as a foreign agent. And the fact that he wasn't registered as a foreign agent um, opened him up to potential criminal prosecution. That, I think, has been investigated, and on that, no charges will be uh, forthcoming. I'm not sure he's quite out of the woods with the Georgia situation, but uh, a lot of this, what the uh, Department of Justice is doing, seems to be a bit of an overreach and calculated to keep anyone in the Trump orbit on their heels, Um, Only time will tell with this one, too. But for the moment, uh, Rudy gets himself a good headline and a couple of good days of uh, news cycle because, you know, curiously, many times the government will not announce that it's not prosecuting somebody. But they did announce here that they were not going to be prosecuting Rudy. So that was a bit unusual. And, you know, Rudy gets to take a small, very small victory lap. Tim Dodd, finally, you know, people have been hearing for quite some time about this cryptocurrency and, you know, it seems to be unregulated and hearing people making all this money. And suddenly one of them right now is collapsing, but a lot of celebrities jumped on. And if people remember, it was during the Super Bowl, one ad after another with all these celebrities uh, endorsing, encouraging people, leading, you know, lending credibility to this cryptocurrency. Well, now, whether it's Tom Brady, Larry David, it, uh, it looks like suddenly there's going to be lawsuits against some of these individuals. Well, the, the crypto uh, empire that collapsed into bankruptcy is this FTX. Uh, yeah. The guy that ran that was a real high flyer. He was worth on paper at one point billions, literally billions of dollars. Um, it was an offshore company. I believe it was centered... Um, in the Bahamas, which would make you kind of think twice before I would think investing (laughs) in it. But it's it's not like a Bernie Madoff situation, kind of the um, herd mentality. Everyone wants to get on the train before it leaves the station. Tom Brady's investing in it. You know, Steph Curry's investing in it. Larry David's investing in it. So there's sort of that bandwagon effect that people want to get on board. Um, right now, there's a class action lawsuit in the process of being uh, put together by people who lost money with um, FTX um, attempting to sue um, all of these celebrity endorsers um, and sponsors. I mean, Tom Brady apparently had a significant amount of his own money in this thing. And apparently he lost quite a bit of money as did Larry David, as did Steph Curry. So if they're all investors and they were duped or, you know, put into this thing, which was shaky at the, at any point in time, um, 
did they knowingly attempt to get people to invest into something they knew was not uh, financially sound or did they have a real belief that it was financially sound which would be evidenced by the fact they put in their own money i think certainly right now people who have lost money um, will look to sue anyone from whom they can hope to claw back some of their losses and these celebrities are all deep pockets, but I think it's going to be very difficult to prove a case against them unless, let's say, in the last X number of months, these celebrities all knew this thing was going down the tubes or that they got their money out and continued doing ads. I mean, if that's the case, it will be a different story. Um, but my understanding is all these celebrities, they all lost significant sums. So it's not like they had insider information to get out, but kept promoting it. Um, and were they paid celebrity endorsements? If they're being paid to say a bunch of words, um, can they be personally liable for the words they're saying? I guess they could potentially be if they knew or reasonably should have known what they promoting, what they were promoting was um, either fraudulent or just an unsound um, scheme. There's apparently right now hundreds of millions of dollars that are missing and can't be accounted for. Um, and the guy that was running this is certainly going to be on the hot seat and answering lots of questions. But uh, pretrial discovery will disclose if these celebrities knew that they were promoting and encouraging investment in something which was not financially sound. I'm not sure we know the answer to that yet. And I think we're going to be talking about this case for some time, Tim, because it's also interesting, can they extradite from the Bahamas? I mean, the whole arrangement of this guy living there, I think at one time they said on paper he was worth $15 billion and now it's all gone. So I think this, it's just the beginning of some of the fallout. Folks, he is our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, excellent job as always, and we will talk to you again. Thanks, John. Take care. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast, is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. To the John DePietro Show, it's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Folks, visit the website. On the website, you'll see all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, Instagram, even TikTok. Plus, you if you want to reach me, that's the best way to do it. We have unique, original stories, videos, content. Log on right at the website, dipetro.com.